It's time for the End of Conversation Podcast With funny man Damian Lemon And the voice of your choice Ali Muhammad This is Damian Lemon This is Ali Muhammad And this is In the Conversation The Podcast Yeah, we are back Black History Year still going strong Approaching the fourth quarter Um Hispanic Heritage Month starts tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I just saw that on my Apple calendar, which is weird to me that they would start a month in the middle of a month. I don't know the details on that, but any Latinos or Hispanics want to holler at me and, and do the knowledge for me and, you know what I mean, let me know what the deal is and why is it starting when it starts. You could go ahead and hit me in them comments. Mm-hmm. But... uh. In the meantime, what's going on with you? <laughs> I thought you was about to do some Hispanic history. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I, did, uh, I should have. I should have pulled the factoid, but I didn't. Word. Uh, I, I'm good, man. I'm good. Shit. Can't complain. <laughs> okay. Just the middle That's of the month shit. signifies that the next month almost here, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, halfway through. I mean, keep your head down, keep it popping. Yeah, this is back to school season right now. I'm starting to see all of that. I also, I don't know if you knew this to celebrate this, but I heard earlier today, today is Parents' Day Off, National Parents' Day Off. I didn't even know that existed. Day off or what? I guess day off of parenting, I guess, let your kid uh, <laughs> thug it out for a day or whatever. I don't know how oh, much shit. off time you could take legally, but uh, it has been sanctioned. Yeah, right. <laughs> so somebody wants some dinner around this mother. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. <laughs> Parents, ain't no day off. Ain't no day off in parenting. You know what I'm saying? Once that baby come out, it's on. You on the clock, baby. Full time job, huh? Yeah, I mean, you know, it ease up as they get older and can take care of more things themselves. But uh, mm-hmm. it's still oversight that need to be done, and and you know, questions that need to be answered. Like kids gonna always have a question, gonna always have a right. request. Gone, yeah. You know I mean, they <laughs> it don't stop. Right. So. Let me ask you this: So now you're at the point to where you have a son who is now. Officially an adult, right? Or uh, not yet? Well, I mean, he's 21, so yeah. Okay, so officially an adult on the books. Uh, how does the parenting calibrate in that? Because you know now there's the part of, well, you grown, you know what I mean? But obviously you guys are still parents mm-hmm. forever, and that's your child forever. But how do you uh, negotiate the balance of involvement, you know what I mean, and boundaries? Well... <clears throat> When they're not in the house, you know what I'm saying, it's, it's it's easy to, you know, not be involved because you're not there. You know what I'm saying? You're only involved when they call. But I think at this stage of the game, it's uh, you start transitioning into a different parenting role. You know what I mean? Um, as, as my homeboy, uh, Brendan Moore and his wife, they do a podcast called Advisory Mode. So... You switch from being, you know, in direct, you know, growth into an advisory position. And you just sitting back kind of saying, hey, that might not be a good idea. Or, hey, we may be 
you may be moving in the wrong direction there. So, you know what I'm saying? It's more like an advisor, you know? You can't, mm-hmm. you're grown, can't really tell you much except for the shit that I pay for. Then, you know, you could claim that all the time. You know what I mean? But, uh, <laughs> but it's really you, you start switching into the mode of, okay, helping guide them along. Right now, it's like career path is top of mind, college is right there. Um, you know, and and you're not there every day. You're not there to say, hey, nah, you don't wear this. Don't wear that. Why are you going outside with that on? You look crazy. You know what I mean? It's like you're more, you're more like, okay, that's what you're doing. That's how you're doing it. Okay, that sounds good. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? And they really, you know what I mean, trying to keep, you know, it's just that stage where, that in-between stage where they trying to keep you out of their business, but they still mm-hmm. need you. You know what I'm saying? So, right. Just that stage, just that that early pre-life crisis era, you know, and 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 these decisions that they make, you know, set up the rest of their life. So what you're trying to do is help guide them along best you can from your experience, and and from you know from your vantage point, and you're not gonna know it all, and they're not gonna listen to it all. So all you do is put it on the table and throw your hands up, like hey. Okay, I got a follow up question and based on what you said at the beginning. Are you of the uh, belief that once you're an adult, you have to exit the home? (laughs) Obviously not. (laughs) (laughs) Because he's still up in there when he's here. Okay. Okay. Um, You know, you definitely want them to find their way and find their space, you know. Um, uh-huh. but I'm definitely not of oh, 18. My job is done. Nigga, right. I'm, I'm going to Vegas. I don't know what the fuck you doing. You know, okay. and I'm not definitely not coddling and taking care of in that manner, but you definitely have to understand that your role continues. Um, and you know, I've, I've just, you know, because you, you might grow up in a situation where, where it's not as perfect as you would, you know, you would think it should be right. And so you start mm-hmm. looking for examples in life, you know, as a, as a teenager, you know, you're talking to somebody on the phone and then you hear how their parents is doing shit on the other, other side of the phone. You're like, Oh, that's interesting. And you might take a, a little tidbit. Like, you know what, when I get, when I get grown, I'm a, I'm gonna use that. I'm a tuck that for later. You know what I mean? And so over the years you collect all of these ideals of how you're going to run your operation. And then, you're in your operation. And it was one, it was two pieces of, you know what I mean, not advice because one was advice, one was observation. First piece of advice, you know, somebody gave me, an older gentleman who was, his last daughter was graduating college and it was basically as a parent, you know what I'm saying, it was like we did it, you know, it's done. About to be empty nesting. And then uh, I was like, oh, shit, that's cool. So, shit, you about to empty nest and get it, get it popping. And then he was like, well, you know, shit, you know, you spend all these years doing everything for the kids and your conversation is about the kids. And you, you wake up one morning and the kids are gone and you realize you don't have nothing to talk about. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So he was like, you know, make sure you build things where you could still – communicate about each other and not just about the kids along the way. So you don't wait till the everybody gone and then you realize, oh shit, I don't even know this motherfucker. 
know what I'm saying? Motherfucker only talk to you and it's, you know, all right, the kids need this, the kids need that, time to go this, buy buy this, buy that, you know, and you're just solving problems. Um, The second thing was, you know, I was documenting, I document a lot of events for this one particular family. And, you know, they operate totally different from where I'm from, of course, because, you know, one, they're super rich. But that wasn't the point. The point was that a lot of what they're doing as parents, as their kids are now grown and, you know, one was getting married, what they what they were doing with their time and, and, and how they spend time together is setting shit up to where you give the family an opportunity to still you know, come together. Like on the weekends, especially in the summer in the Hamptons, they set it up so that everybody can be here. It's comfortable. You don't even have to be on top of each other. You could take that building over there. You know what I mean? Chef gonna come cook shit for everybody. So what they did was make time for everybody to be together and participate in things. And and when it's time to go on vacation, it's not just, all right, we empty nesters. Let's just go roll out. They still take family vacations where it's all of them and and you know as grown people i never heard of that shit you know what i'm saying it's like after you're grown you on your own down there you know as far as where i'm from you know i ain't buying i ain't buying no more plane tickets now you know so i never saw a situation where you taking your grown kids and their your their husband or their 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 boyfriends and and all y'all going on this vacation together. I thought that was uh, an eye-opening thing that, you know, life still continues. And then, you know, we'll think, when you out, you on your own, you out your house, you out my house, shit, you know, get out of my pockets, whoop, 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 good, you grown. But then you want everybody to come home for, like, Thanksgiving and Christmas, you know what I'm saying? But they might just be groaning on their own at that point and might not come back because you don't offer no other real opportunities to keep the whole thing together kind of sort of speak so i thought that was interesting and i'm not sure how i'm going to implement that but it did show me that it don't stop at 18 as far as your parental role for me mm-hmm. i hear that that's what's up yeah it's good to know it's good to know uh <clears throat> Yeah, so back to school. So, <laughs> I had nothing to add to that. So, you know. Yeah, it's, it's back to school. To <laughs> <laughs> I gotta get more uh, transitional on my nah, show. Man, Well, that was good. a great one. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Ali. Anyway. Uh, back to you, <laughs> <Thank> Jim. You. <laughs> thank you for that insight. Amazing, amazing answer to the question I asked. Uh, anyway. Uh, yeah, man, back to school. How's it hitting y'all? Well, you know, we got two uh-huh. entering first day of school this week, and um, it, it was good because they were excited to be back in person school. You know, they spent mm-hmm. a year and a half just in the house seeing everybody on, on video. I think right. it was, you know, a welcome um, change and experience to just be with your friends and be in the world and. Uh-huh. You know, away from home, away from your parents. You know what right, I mean? Right. Um, and seeing people in real life, you know, being able to 
to, you know, work your program in real life how how you used to doing it. And that's like for for grown people, you know, a year, all right, you know, we we set that year down, cool, cool. For kids, a year is a long ass motherfucking time. Year and a half, almost two years is a long ass time in like school years. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Somebody say, you know, from fourth grade to sixth grade, you're going to sit at home. you like, God damn. That's like yeah. life imprisonment. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And so. That's a, uh, go ahead. And so that's what they have experienced. So, you know, just to see them back in the world is is exciting in itself. Mm-hmm. Now, that's cool. And you get to throw that shit on, too. So that's kind of fun, too. Yeah. I mean, get, get fresh again. Mm-hmm. Not just your torso, right? Yeah. <laughs> they weren't even doing that. They was laying in the bed on <laughs> the camera off and shit. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. That's funny. I know some teachers they don't allow you to have your camera off. If you ain't got your camera off. They're gonna mark you absent. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm glad to hear that shit. I was watching a report on the news today, and it was funny. They were all. <laughs> What struck me funny was they were talking about, you know, they were talking to the kids. It was mostly like little kids because it was going to like little feel good pieces. So mm-hmm. it was like little kids excited to go back to school. And then they asked one of the parents, they were like, how you doing, man? What you thinking? How does it feel about this? He was like, man, you know, it's good. You know, as long as the sick kids stay home, we're fine. Uh, <laughs> I was just like, damn. But it's <laughs> real, but it just sounded so crazy. It was so honest. But, uh, but but you want yeah. that anytime, you know what I'm saying? Of course, that's the whole yeah. the whole shit. You know, kids come to school sick, and then everybody's sick, especially around the beginning of the year. So, you know, mm-hmm. you you do hope that you know the sick children <laughs> are able to stay home. But right. you know that ain't always the case because this life, you might not right. even know you that sick. Yeah, man. <clears throat> yeah, that shit made me laugh though. <laughs> um, Speaking of laughter, man, uh, rest in peace to Norm McDonald, uh, comedian. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Norm McDonald. He used to be on Saturday Night Live. He did Weekend Update. He was, uh, he used to do uh, <clears throat> like a Burt Reynolds mm-hmm. on Jeopardy, mm-hmm. uh, like an angry Burt Reynolds on Jeopardy. He's a stand up comic. Did a bunch of roasts, just a bunch of, you know, and a bunch of, he did a movie with Artie Lang called Dirty Work. Mm-hmm. That a lot of people like, like he was one of these real beloved comedians, especially like by other comedians. I wouldn't even call him a comedian's comedian because I feel like that kind of sells him a little short. Like he was, he was definitely very accomplished, and he was like his uh, his delivery and style was so singular in the mm. way that. <clears throat> He had a weird little voice, like not a weird voice, but he had a like real kind of nasally voice. Uh, uh, he had like a real conversational way about how he pick up into his jokes. He's a hell of a joke teller, but like he had his own like rhythm to it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Some people called it anti-comedy. He was funny, but he was also very comfortable in when jokes didn't work. Right, you know right. what I'm saying? Especially like, and that might have, he kind of changed a lot of, or at least opened a lot of the um, the space on the, like the Weekend Update desk. Because the Weekend Update desk is pretty much, 
you know, just jokes. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Set up, punchline. Set up, punchline. Hope it hits, you know, in front of a live audience. Sometimes they could go left. Sometimes it won't hit, whatever, whatever. And he would find even more enjoyment when they didn't hit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, he's one of them cats that say some wild shit. But in a way, like, it's some uncomfortable shit, but just in a way, the way he did it would be slick. Like, right. you wouldn't even really... We didn't really catch it. So, um, you know, yeah, he passed away. He had a private, they said it was a private battle with cancer, mm-hmm. which is um, probably the second time I'm hearing that recently, you know, with Chadwick Bozeman. you know what I mean? And uh, I think there was a statement that came out, or I don't know if it was a statement or just somebody uh, opining, but basically, like, you know, he didn't really want uh, any sympathy to affect how he approached what he did. You know what I mean? Right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, man, shout out to Norm McDonald. Really funny dude. Like, funny dude. A lot of people fucked with him. I ain't really, I didn't really honestly get into him until I started doing comedy. Like, you know, he was one of those people that I seen, but it was just so, like, he had such, there was so much fandom amongst comics. A lot of white comics, honestly. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> You know, and I don't, I'm even not trying to diminish it because it transcends. Like, funny is funny, but like, you know how it is culturally. There's certain people that have come up in your your lists, and mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Like, you probably gonna hear a whole bunch of white comics say Bernie Mac off the rip. You know what I'm saying? Like, you might bring it up. They be like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? And it's understood, but like. When they be recounting their people, it's often time, you know what I'm saying, reflective mm-hmm. of the type of shit that they was vibing to. So right. I used to always hear his name being brought up as like one of them. And I was like, let me check. You know what I mean? Let me double back, start checking out some of his shit. And he's a funny dude. He was a funny dude. And, you know, it's just, it was kind of just kind of shocking. He was 61. You know what I mean? Just, you know, some of these people, similar like Michael K. Williams, or just a lot of different people that have died kind of, I guess, suddenly. Mm-hmm. You you don't you don't you know they didn't really age out to the point to where you start to worry about them, you know what I'm saying? Like you like oh okay such and such is getting old, anything can happen any day now, you know what I mean? And there's other people that you just see that and they just such a constant that you like you almost couldn't fathom them not being in the in the conversation, you know what right. I'm saying? So yeah, but yeah, salute to that man. Salute. Uh, Shit is crazy. Yeah, man. It is wild. It is wild, man. You know, the health is wealth, as they say. You know, obviously you can't, you know, you can't control. You could try to control. I've been trying to, you know, I've been really trying to hit these 10,000 steps. Uh-huh. Um, and the dog, when I, when I do, that's my thing now. I'm trying to get these little 10,000 steps. And uh, and I be thinking I'm going far. Like, I go far. I, I gauge it in my mind. Like, all right, I'm going to walk 30 blocks up this way, walk 30 blocks back. Mm-hmm. And, well, not 30. It was 20, this last one. And um, I was sure I got my 10,000. It felt like 10,000. <laughs> I cracked that, that health app. That shit was like 6,000 steps. Nigga, I was so... Defeated I was like Ah You don't get the fuck Out of here sick I'm 4,000 short 4,000 short So then the next day I did it I got up to about 9,100 
I'm like, yo, what the fuck is going on? So then today I do the shit, go further than I was on the 9100, but I forgot to charge my phone. So my phone dies on the way back. So I got unaccounted steps. <laughs> and they jip, they shortchanged me on my steps because it was like my shit died before, like right. It would it should be in line with what I got the day before. Mm-hmm. But the you know the I got I don't know what they doing and then I'm hearing that like the little pedometer on the iPhone really is more about your pace than your steps. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I might go get me a real pedometer because I need I need official word. I need a clicker. I need somebody. So what what need, the, the yeah. steps on the Apple is like. Brisk steps yeah. or slow steps? Or? I, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I've been reading up on it because it, it sent me to Google. Because I was like, hold on, fam. I feel like I feel like the exchange rate is not going my way. I know. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know. I felt like I've walked this before and I got I got my hit my quota. So uh, uh, I'm looking. Google yeah. going to make you feel better? <laughs> no, I Googled. Not, you know, I Googled. I said, yo, how accurate it's the pedometer on the eye, and I started seeing a few little articles saying that yeah, this, that, and the other thing. You know what I mean? Because that's all you look at. That's what you go to Google for for confirmation. Validation. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, validation. <laughs> Whether you think you're dying, and Google's like, yeah, you dying, or nah, you are. Right. You know what I mean? Like you just want to hear the word. You know, and it's all it's all open source anyway. More often than not, you know what I'm saying. Some of them articles could be tricky, yeah. but. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Google's gonna get you exactly what you're looking for. Uh huh. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Either way. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. We yes, got something uh, for you. We got, we got an ad for you. We got some for, some fake news. So, but yeah, man, I've just been trying to be diligent about that shit. Just, just it, to get out there. Um, you know, I still, yeah. it's still like, it's still weird though, because um, I might start doing the thing where. I'll go to a different place to do my walking. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Maybe drive somewhere and then do some walking around or whatever. Because I'm getting, to, like, I'm getting, like, I'm so used to my little circuit. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I could widen it a little bit, but it's a lot of the same shit. You know what I mean? Like, I try to, you know, I want to see some different shit. And I don't always like just being on the track. I'll do the track sometimes too, but right. the track is, it's just the track. Yeah, you know what I'm monotony. saying? It's monotony, exactly. I, I think uh, you should just put yourself in an environment where you forget that you're walking to get steps. You know what I'm saying? Just go somewhere and just go, you know? And then then you'll realize that you probably do more steps. Because now you're counting every step, checking to see if you made your, your, your lick. And Yeah, I hear that. But, it's worrisome. Uh, yeah, you think it's worrisome? It sounds yeah, like a, sounds like it. Sound, oh man, I sound like a uh, what do you call those? Sounds OCD ish. It sounds like a kind of nah, nah. It's just no, not obsessive at all. It's just that when you paying attention to it, it's like being a kid waiting on somebody to come. Your parents, say, we gonna be there at three o'clock, and it's two fifty. You at the window? You know what I'm saying? That's the longest ten minutes ever, and they not gonna be on time. So now. From three o'clock till they get there, you like ah, it's just the the time is moving slow. The seconds are moving slow, but when you just outside playing with your friends and da da da, and your mom pull up, you like okay, it's time to go. Like shit, you know, you just passed the time. You wasn't thinking about the time. 
So you had to figure mm. a way to put yourself in a position where you're just passing time. You you you're doing something that you would be that you would do, or that you would like mm-hmm. to do, or that's interesting that takes you away. It's just like it's like the dude on the on the crate challenge rolling the blunt. He did mm-hmm. something that took him out of worrying about every step that he took. You know, mm-hmm. and then it looked real smooth, like he finished it out. But his his mind was focused on the activity that he was doing with his hands and then his feet was doing something at the same time. So it's a similar thing. Like you gotta, you gotta disassociate yourself with the, with the, uh, the calculations. Mm. Or maybe at least dissociate myself with the, the end result. Right. right? Cause it's like, well, one, when I'm, when I'm walking, I'm listening to a podcast or some music or whatever. So I'm not literally as I'm walking, County steps, right? That uh, just put that out there. I'm sure you didn't think that, but just to put that out there. But I, this is the thing. Um, I don't have any kids. I don't have a pet. Uh, I don't have a day job. I work at night. So, and I'm 15 months. You know, I was 15 months in on this pandemic where I was just in the crib. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I would get out when I could get out. But I say all that to say. Uh, and now things are more open and you could get back into the rigmarole of moving around. But there's often days, and this goes even further than steps because, and I don't know if we talked about this before, but, you know, I'm trying to plan or program my days a little better, right? Just mm-hmm. to give me more shit to do. But many times, I don't really have shit that I have to do. Do like there's not many standing appointments that are in my life that don't happen until damn near the end of the evening, like till like nighttime. <laughs> there's times when I don't have to go get on stage till eleven thirty. Right. So I'm up like a motherfucker. That's why I watch all this television and writing and all of this other shit. Cause sometimes I'm just in the crib or like so like I gotta be intentional about getting out and like moving mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying and like um yeah it's like i ain't really i'm it's not like i'm getting lost in like errands and shit like that like you know you got what's the dog's name apollo or zeus what's the I dog's don't, name i don't have you? apollo but oh, okay. i do have okay. apollo but it's not mine okay we, not right, my responsibility right, right, right. but you know i do walk them sometimes got um got it but, but again, yeah, like I don't go, go ahead, go ahead. What, what is what do you get lost in the day of? Like, what's your what's see, your day to day? Like, where you at with it? See, the thing about I mean, as far as walking is concerned, and I get to my day, walking is concerned. I, I'm gonna do that anyway because I pace. You know what I'm saying? It helps my mind yeah. move. It helps me generate thoughts. Um, I like to explore. You know, wherever I'm at, the neighborhood. I you know I like walking past. You know seeing who on this block or, you know, seeing my neighbors. Just I just like doing that kind of shit, making myself present in the world. Let me ask you this. Hold on real quick. When you say pace, because I'm thinking pacing indoors, and you say pace, you mean you go outside and pace? Like you no, run I, around I, the... I, I pace indoors, but it, okay, when you go okay, outside, okay. when you go outside, walking ain't shit. Like I don't have to have a destination to walk. You know what I mean? Right. I could go for a walk, especially in New York. It's like, 
Like you could just get you just go and it's something on every it's not like you about to walk a long stretch and it's just cars and you and everybody looking like, why is that nigga walking? New York is very pedestrian, so it's very walker friendly. You just get out, whoop, get your mind going, get your, your thoughts going. Now yeah. my day my day fluctuates depending on the projects you're working on. But when I first started just being on my own, like as an entrepreneur in 2006 or whatever, I had to really try to figure out how I was going to operate my day because I was no longer in a routine or a system. So I tried a whole lot of different shit, you know what I mean? Back and forth trying, you know, I work out of this place or that place or this coffee shop or, you know what I mean? So basically what it, what it ends up being, what it nets out is, you become responsible for all that you're going to eat. You know what I'm saying? And if you don't kill it, you don't eat it. So you're like, okay, I need time to kill. I need time to be inspired. I need time to communicate, correspond with people. So it's emails, correspondence. Then I need time to, to be able to think and dream so I could, I could start the process all over, you know, after the next project, you know, after this project, then I need to start the whole process over with the next one. So I know I have all these things. The thing about me is I can't just put them all on the counter. Like, all right, I'm a right at this time on Monday. And then I'm going to do this at this time. What I do is as the, you know, I plan the week. I could do it by the week. Like, okay, today I know I got to do this, this, we got this shoot. Then I'm going to have to edit. Then I'm going to have to nighttime after a certain time is when I dream. You know, Sundays, you know, 6 to 10 is when I explore and go. Like, I used to go to the bookstore when that was open like that. Go to the bookstore, just explore, discover new shit, write that down. Then by the time you do all that, your mind is spinning and you creating Sunday night. Then you go into the week with your week built out, you know. So... Um, but I don't have a certain time I do certain a lot of those things except for like the bookstore and and late night creating. So Yeah, see go ahead. But I base it all on what I'm trying to do, which projects I'm trying to get done, what I'm trying to get accomplished as far as where I'm trying to go long term. And then you start lining it up like that. And then mm-hmm. What really starts to take priority is, okay, well, we're going to get some money this week, next week. Uh, what's the big project we're working on for next quarter? Shit like that. Mm. You be looking at your step count? I did when you just brought it up. I don't look at it <laughs> daily. Right. Okay, got it. I ain't want to say nothing. It's going to sound like I'm flexing. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> nah, go ahead, brother. If your step count is, is diesel like that, then go ahead and talk your shit. If you doing fifteen thousand and in, in nah, and all of that, as of right now today, I have a eleven thousand steps. Get the fuck word this nigga here. All right, well that's beautiful. <laughs> that's beautiful. And I want to know what you did. It <laughs> but, says, uh, uh, on average, you're walking more this week than last week. Right, uh, averaging ninety six hundred steps. Last oh, shit. week, eight thousand something. All right, 
Okay. Shit. Nigga, you doing all right. What you do today? Where'd you go? Um, I walked the dog. Then okay. I, I did a, a, a thinking walk mission because I'm in the middle of a negotiation. <laughs> so okay, all right. I had to, Athletic pace. Yeah, I had go to ahead, walk walk and kind of think through, you know, some mm-hmm. deal points. Mm-hmm. Other than that, it looked like the rest of that shit is just pacing. You know what I'm saying? Because you might have 200 here, 200 between this time and this time. Uh, and just, so you got your phone on you all the time when you're moving and shaking in the nah, house? No, nah, not necessarily, but... Well, this is what it recorded while I had it. Okay, interesting. Because it's times on the on this clock where there's no steps, which okay. I probably didn't have my phone. Right, 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 right. Yeah, see, man, I'm a I'm a destination based walker. Like I could do a little bit of uh, <laughs> improvisational walking. <laughs> You know what I mean? I could do a little. I could do a little bit of that, like just some wandering in the world and shit like that. This is the thing. I haven't been on the train since 2019, damn near, right? Twenty right. early 2020. So I have it like when I used to do wandering walking. It would be like if I took the train downtown to a certain area and. I'd walk around all the way downtown because I didn't feel like jumping back on the train just to go little 10 blocks. You know what I'm saying? Because it might be dumb hot on the train or you're trying to, you know what I mean? If you got the unlimited, yeah, it's not like you're trying to save some money, but you just don't feel like delving down into that shit waiting on the train. It's just like, well, mm-hmm. shit, it's something to see. It's something to see like in the city and, you know, in the metropolis type of shit and the, the commerce, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like where I'm at, is there's little, you know, little stretches of little business districts or whatever, but it's more neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You just walk in neighborhoods and it's cool if you just if you just out there to walk it, but it, it it's monotonous to me. It's monotonous. Like when I'm in the city, I'll walk around. I might pop it to a so. And again, this is improvisation. This is wandering. This is not with intention. This is, and that's the other thing. That's the other thing is too. It's about walking with intention in the way of like if this is going to be your exercise. It can't, is the walk is not really leisurely. Like mm-hmm. the walk is a, a quick pace type of walk. You right. know what I'm saying? Like it's almost low-key, almost madman like. You know what I mean? <laughs> not all the way, but you walking, you just walking to walk. You're not mm-hmm. popping in, you're not looking at shit. You know, I might, I might, you know, stop here or there a little bit. And then also I've realized what I've also tried to curb too is if I get a little too leisurely with my walk, especially now that things are opening back up. The possibility for me to spend money is is greater. You know what I mean? Because now I'm no popping in. Let me see what this. Let me go. Oh, I might, might pick up. You saw it. It goes from walking to shopping. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and it's like, nah, I didn't come for this. I came to get this shit done. And I guess that's just kind of how I see it. It's like, let me lock these little 10,000. And if I get me some old, you know, residual shit from just being in the world, that's just icing on the cake. But let me go ahead and bake this cake first. Let me say that I got this shit off. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm looking at it more so on some some cardio shit. 
You know what right. I mean? Cause I don't I ain't been to the gym in a minute. I don't go to the gym like that. Like I might do shit at the crib, but most most of that shit is more so like calisthenics type shit anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's like, let me just get out in the world and 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 do it. And also, cause it's funny, like as when I was younger, I don't even know if I was aimlessly walking anywhere. Like, I was always, always destination. Even if I was, like, super young, I'm like, I don't going to walk over here, but I know some people over there. So when I get over there, like, it might be 20 blocks, but I know when I get over there, it's going to be some people over there. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's there's a payoff. Mm-hmm. I guess the payoff has always been attached to it. You know what I mean? Like, right. it was a... Yeah, 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 yeah. So it is what it is. Plus, and more often than not, that's the other thing. I have to be intentional about this walking shit because I be driving. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I don't even really, if I, honestly, if I don't make it a point to walk, I'm going to get in the whip. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it feels great to walk places that I would have drove to. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, shit, yeah, I did, you know. But, uh, I mean, if go. you're trying to do it for cardio, you should yeah. set a, a scheduled amount of, of distance. You know what I'm saying? I mean, with however you can measure you might say that's what I'm I want, doing. I want to do motherfucking two miles every day. I don't know how many ten thousand steps. It well, is. well, they saying ten thousand steps is five miles. Right. So so so, and I'm just I'm using that as the baseline because I've been seeing that number. It's it's kind of like it's kind of like the eight glasses of water a day. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just, like, the became the standard. Some people say drink more. Some people drink less. But if you make it an intention to drink some water, you'll probably be better off than somebody that just don't do that shit at all. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. like, and maybe defeated and demoralized was just being dramatic. But it did, it did feel like a little video game-ish, like... Damn, dog, my character went all the way up there and came all the way back. And then I looked at my score, and that bitch wasn't a high score. I was a little sick about that. But at the end of the day, let me not dismiss the fact that I did get some exercise. Right. You know what I'm saying? I did get out there and move around. So, you know, that that is the that's the intent. That's the goal. That's the thing. That's the baseline, honestly. You might want to find you a walking group in your neighborhood. Yeah, man. You know what, man? I don't. I maybe, maybe. <laughs> I, I'm funny about that type of shit. I don't know. I might. I might. I might see about you know, it. You know, know what I'm saying? Like my yeah. mother-in-law. She, she, you know, she's seventy-something years old. She got a walking group, right? Her, How old is she? You said like seventy-five or something like that. Okay, got they, it. They walk every morning, five a.m. You know what I'm saying? These old, these old ladies. And I was like, right. you know what? I'm gonna go out there with them one time. <laughs> they do five they miles a day on a track. Uh huh. Right, nigga. Five miles of that walking. power walking shit. Like that shit is not fun. It's not leisurely. Is it can't think. You like, God damn, we just slow down. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> they out there they in their seventies. Like, yeah, like, y'all might as well yeah. just run, man. This is some bullshit. Y'all might as well right. just run and get it over with. Cause this walking fast, boy. I was like, I thought I, I thought I know I could walk, but when you really put the power walk to it, and they 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 got their little group together, they do that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They don't right. they don't make no excuses. They go do it because they know it's a right. set time. They gonna go around the track however many times it's five miles. Mm-hmm. It's accountability partners. Mm-hmm. 
You know what I mean? And, and you know, friendship, obviously. You know what I mean? Hopefully. A little bond mm-hmm. or whatever. Support right. group or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's something to, it's something to consider. <laughs> I, you know, as I say it, I ain't really considering it. Like, I, I like yeah, doing I I like, yeah. I like being nah. on my own. Well, no accountability. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, honestly, yeah, I don't be accountable for nobody. But me and the man in the mirror. So at yeah. least it's only me being upset with myself. <laughs> I don't want. I want to hear motherfucker Gertrude talking about Damien. I'm so disappointed in you. You like, come on now, Gertrude. I didn't wake up for this type of shit. We were, but, we, were uh, we were waiting on you. We waited yeah. 20 minutes to see if you're gonna mm-hmm. come. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we said shit. Martha said you be bullshitting. So she was right. You know what I mean? Now Martha and Gertrude talking shit about me. I don't want I don't even want to attend the shit. But uh yeah. Shout out to Martha and Gertrude. Oh <laughs> uh, shit, man. But yeah, so I'm out there. I'm out there getting to it, you know. Um what I have noticed, speaking of transportation, a couple things I peeped this weekend. I was out, I took a drive. Cause I'll I'll take a drive. Uh, I went out took a drive and shit. Exploratory and, uh, drive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do that. I'll do that. Uh, but uh, so I was driving, and then I'm going down. I turned on 145th. This was Saturday? Yeah, I think it was Saturday. Yeah, it was Saturday. Probably around like 4 or something like that, maybe. Daytime. I turn on, turn on 145th. I'm going across town. Dude, it was about... A thousand motorcyclists, uh, quad motherfuckers, like bike life on a thousand. It was crazy. I didn't like, it looked like some old (laughs) Charm City Kings, Philly shit. Like, you know, New York has had bike culture, but it ain't like, it's typically sparse. You know what I'm saying? You'll see it here, there, but it wasn't that. I feel like, in my own estimation, for what I've seen in my life, mm-hmm. I feel like th- it, this is, like, at a height. Like, it's a certain thing now, you know, and also you add in a lot of cats with these little Revel bikes mm-hmm. and them little uh, other little scooters and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Like, it's re- it's crazy. But it looked like this must have been some, like, some, some type of organized situation when I tell you, fam, it was like a thousand motherfuckers coming towards me. I'm in my lane. They in their lane. Every It's like every last one of them is in mid-wheelie. And all I'm thinking is I just hope none of these motherfuckers swerve out and hit my whip. Because I'm like right there on the, on the, on the yellow line. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But uh, the shit was ill to see. You know what I'm saying? And there wasn't no cops like pursuing them or nothing like that. It looked like, I don't know, I don't say it was organized. It was obvious organized, like, yo, we're going to meet up here and do this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But, like, that shit was crazy. Like, I mean, like, when I say, I'm telling you, like, it was hundreds, hundreds, not a hundred, hundreds. <laughs> like, that shit was it was like an infestation. All these motherfuckers, this motherfuckers, motherfuckers with they with like women on the back and shit. Motherfuckers, you know, twelve o'clock and that shit. Like it was congested. That shit was like a parade. Mm-hmm. It was crazy, dog. I seen that shit, and then also what I'm noticing 
is uh, I want to say this was Saturday, and I've been seeing it happen quite a bit. Um, New York is really New York City is really kind of shutting down drivers. You know drivers, I mean? yeah, but there's a lot of I forget what they call it. Something streets, not clean streets. There's a name mm-hmm. for it where like they're cordoning off like large sections of the street to turn them into pedestrian uh, streets. Like not even pedestrian streets, but like little city squares. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like you go to like Spain and shit, like they big on this, but like so they'll cut the whole street off. And not, you know, like the street. So from 116th all the way to like 120th Mm -hmm. is cut off on 7th. Mm -hmm. So then people pull out, like you pull out little little small tables and chairs in the middle of the streets and people are just kicking it. You know, it wasn't even like a block party. It wasn't like no DJ. Cause right. that's what you like. I will hold, at least justify this by having a DJ, but it was just <laughs> like, come out, read a book. You know right. what I'm saying? Come out, have a conversation, come out and just be leisurely. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, I'm not mad at it cause it's, it's, it's engagement. It's like whatever, but it, it's a little frustrating when you're just trying to smooth through in the whip and you want to see, you know what I mean? See the world. And it's like, nope, got to turn here. Uh oh, nope, can't go here. You know what I'm saying? So, it, but it's slowly, and I've been peeping that. Not just that, but I know at one point they were going to start charging a, um, a toll to come from the outer boroughs into the city, especially at various times. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? At one point they was petitioning to, to even, um, Put a toll on the um, 59th Street Bridge. Just a lot of little shit that's like, they're not really, you know, obviously there's a lot of traffic, there's congestion and all of that, I'm sure, but I always felt like that's part of the city too. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Especially, especially when the fucking MTA could be real funny style too. You know what I'm saying? Like, they could be reliable, but they could be reliably funny style as well. And they could be reliably raising the, the rate all the time. So it's like, like it's, it feels like a squeeze. You know what I mean? Like if you had the option of, you know, let me just take my whip. That shit is starting to slowly, slowly, slowly be imposed upon. But, uh, just, yeah, I mean, everybody, I everybody feels it when it encroaches on their everyday scenario. You know what I'm saying? There's mm-hmm. people that don't like the pedestrian zones. Um, it's, you know, pedestrians and bikers that don't like that there's nowhere to ride, you know, ride a bike because there are no bike lanes. So right. um, moving into towards the future and, you know, looking at future cities and, and how cities that work well work, you know, they like a lot of those cities in like Europe and Italy and places like that, the bikes and scooters and shit is like, Highly respectable modes of transportation, so they're set out like hybrid. You know what I'm saying? That shit is, is set out to go, but New York mm. is kind of trying to catch up, and by its infrastructure, it's you know obviously wasn't conceived with that in mind, but it's just we got so little space with so many people, and and I get it because you know when I drive in across Brooklyn Bridge. They, over the summer, they completely took a whole lane. 
You know what I'm saying? Mm. Not a section. A whole entire mm-hmm. lane off a three-lane bridge where you're merging three different entrances to the bridge. There's three lanes merging. And it used to be three lanes all the way through. Now it's three lanes mer- merging into two. And you got one lane that they turned into a bike, a bike lane. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like, shit, like, you know what I mean? They just, and then they cut off different ways that you could get on just to accommodate the bikes getting on that particular mm-hmm. entrance. So I, I feel it, I understand it. But at the same time, as the city grows, as more people come, you know, more people are going to opt to use alternate forms of transportation. Especially, you know, now you're starting to fear, do I really want to be underground on the train? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Let me, shit, let me get me a bike. So, right. you know, it's it's growing pains, really. And everybody kind of trying to figure out what's the best way to keep community going, to keep, you know, transportation moving, and to make the city, you know, run. So, I, listen, I ain't no urban planner. But I know that a lot of these moves are necessary. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's your turn. (laughs) Oh, shit, man. Nah, man, it's on you, bro. It's on you. Like, man, fuck that shit. I ain't got nothing to say about that shit. You know no, no, no! I I'm agree with the you. Whip and I need I to come agree through. With you. <laughs> I totally no. I see it. I see. It. That's what it is. It's a growing city, and it's growing in various ways. And they they're trying to accommodate everybody. And you know, what I mean, you know, you got to take from one column to add to the other column. Right. Like I get it, but I'm just saying, I feel it. It's I just, see it. I'm yeah. I'm paying attention. It's just not as much geography. Like like say in Atlanta and. Like the Beltline was one of my clients, and so I had to study it a lot to shoot the content around it. And mm-hmm. I, you know, it's a it's an incredible urban project, in my opinion, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you know some people look at it as it's a beltway you can walk along it. It's a lot of development that happens along certain parts of it right now. Over time, the whole thing will probably be developed out around this big ass sidewalk for real. But right. because the sidewalk is built where train tracks were and those tracks had a specific route around the city, it, it was built so the trains can go around the city easy without bumping into the north-south traffic of, of uh, you know, long, like uh, long-range trains coming in north-south or east-west. But this was like a loop kind of like 285 that took trains around these warehouses along these train tracks. So turning it into a walkway, it solves a lot of problems because when it's done, it'll take a lot of people off the streets. Like these pedestrians wouldn't even be pedestrians if it wasn't for this belt line. You know what I mean? Like to drive from here to there may take seven, 10 minutes when when you get on the belt line on a little scooter, then you probably get there in four or five because you're no lights, no traffic. It's just moving right along. And once it's done, it'll take you all the way around different cities. So it's not just a destination where people go. It's, you know, a transportation hub for pedestrians, bike cyclists, 
uh, people on scooters and shit like that. Yeah, so, and it also solves that problem of the city squares that you're talking about because now it gives people a place to congregate and kind of spend money, get to know each other, and build community. So mm-hmm. I think all of those <laughs> things are necessary. It's just New York City has a geography problem. It's not a whole lot of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So right. they, they just doing what they got to do with what they got. I have two questions about that. One, okay. do you think something like a Beltline could work in New York City? Well, they have the high line except for it doesn't go anywhere. You don't have a natural a natural uh plot of land or plot of mm-hmm. a path that goes around the geography because you had to build buildings. You got the subway for that. You know what I'm saying? That's the that's what the right. subway is. You know? Right. So you have the high like along the what's that? The West Side Highway? Yeah, along the West Side Highway. What's that? The Hudson? Along the Hudson, yeah. you have, you know, the parks and Greenway. That, that like, All of that is a Greenway that people can travel from basically Battery City up to Harlem. If you, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And beyond. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so they have it. It's just not in a circle. And right. it's, you know, it's out of the way. It's a, it's a place where you can go. It's not like every right. day you're going to say, all right, unless you live on the West Side. If you live on Riverside. It, you might be able to just take that on down to work if you live in Chelsea or or Tribeca. That might right. be an easy commute until it get winter and then that wind is blowing up off the river. But <laughs> but uh, that's that's what those types of things are, and that's why they they developing along that west side. You know what I mean? Hudson Yards and all that type shit, so that it'll right. give people more reason to live and go over there. Before it was kind of just a dead zone of train tracks and you know the end of the end of the island. That's crazy because that shit is literally very close and walking distance to me. I never consider going there just because it's on the other side of the the West Side Highway and it's very accessible to get to. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot. Of, I, I kind of chalk it up to a lot of mostly like bicyclists use mm-hmm. it like people on their bikes they go down and up and down it all the time in joggers and shit like that but it's just one of those things that I don't even think about I might I might fuck around yeah. and walk that shit tomorrow yeah, try that my shit little 10,000 play See? but um look at that look at how we came up with that look at look at how that happened <laughs> my other question about the belt line is did it displace anybody when it was being put together well, no, not necessarily the Beltline itself because it was abandoned railroad tracks. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So it wasn't, and a lot of it, the place that's actually built up now in the old Fourth Ward, uh-huh. it contributes to displacement. It contributes to to uh, um, gentrification because once they develop, they put up buildings, and if they don't set aside, you know, affordable housing it won't be none that's part of the problem that people have with development it it didn't have much to do with the beltline project as it is once you start developing along the projects then that's when the displacement happened because you might take <clears throat> and i take this old fourth ward as an example because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a lot of this land didn't have nothing on it you know what i mean some warehouses and then like this empty land that flooded every time it rained. Still flood at Croc, Croc Street uh, Tunnel. But okay. 
what they did with a certain this part of in Old Fourth Ward, they was able to engineer it so that the water runs off into a lake and, you know, it doesn't flood anymore. Now it's buildable. And because you had so much land, you can build all of these apartment buildings. And with apartment buildings, you could put, you know what I'm saying, 600, 900, 1,500 people in a certain space of a certain socioeconomic makeup. So now where you may have a, a, a neighborhood, a community that's mostly working class and, you know, lower income, then you throw in all these buildings and you put 6,000 new people who have a whole different lifestyle and a whole economic makeup. Now you have changed the whole complexion of that community. Now every community doesn't have all of that space to do all of that development right away. But that one did, and it changed that neighborhood relatively fast. And it wasn't because of the Beltline, but the Beltline gave people a reason to develop around it. And mm. and that's what, what you got. So now you got million-dollar houses where there were the houses were, you know, 50,000, 60,000. You know what I'm saying? Right. Even the, the newer developments, the newer houses that they built – when they built them, they was like two hundred and fifty thousand. Now they at nine hundred ninety nine. So, mm-hmm. but that's what you know. When when people are developing, they only thinking we need to make money. You know what I mean? Fuck the community uh, and all that. Because if if you really look at real estate business, they've always said that the real estate market has about. 25 years before it recycles itself, which means the people who are there kind of start moving out and new people start moving in. And that's how they keep that business actually flowing. Um, Mm. It seems like, you know, New York might have a slower process because, again, geography. But 25 years, you know, one set of people build these houses, live happy, raise kids, get old. Then they start moving to other places to retire and shit like that. Then new people come in. I want this house. I'm going to raise my family. But it might not look like the people who were there before. So a lot of times then you change over and now it's a new, a whole new type of community. And we don't really pay attention to it affects our community. And like, well, God damn, these motherfuckers moving in here. But that's how the shit go. Yeah. <clears throat> well, you know, also America has a history of using highways and rail to displace a lot of black neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of has been going on for, for years and years and still goes on. Mm-hmm. And um, you know what I mean? Like, and, and obviously black neighborhoods and then, you know, obviously low economic neighborhoods that are not just black, but like, you know, it to kind of cater to the people that got some money, but they may not want to just take the local streets mm-hmm. through the hood. They'll, bulldoze and put a full highway type situation in there. And I mean, like, you know, if you look at like Robert Moses, the way he mm-hmm. designed so much of New York, you know what I mean? A lot of it is, is based in racism. Um, up as recently, I remember I was in Austin and, uh, that's probably at least three years ago, probably more than that. And I was doing a show down there and I'd like, just made an offhand comment about like, why it wasn't that many black people. You know, I ain't seen many black people in the, uh, not just in the audience, but just in Austin where I was at, downtown mm-hmm. area. 
And somebody was like, ain't no black people. You checked it. You know, like they, it sounded like they was heckling because the room was big. And I was like, all right, what, you know, whatever, whatever. I'll get, you know, I kind of shut him down because I thought he was heckling. Mm -hmm. And uh, at the end of the show, you know, I'm chopping it up with people. And he came up to me. He was like, yeah, no, what I was trying to tell you was, you know, yeah, they eliminated the black neighborhood out here. Also, he's like, read the, there's an article about it in the Times. Check it out. Mm-hmm. And basically, to accommodate a whole new highway, they like literally just raised that entire neighborhood, just knocked all that shit down, bought people out, whatever, whatever, mm-hmm. however they did, eminent domain, got them up out of there. And like all those people now are like in the suburbs. I forget the name of the little suburb area out there. Like they got mm-hmm. pushed out. You know what I'm saying? So right. it's just. And you know, it's just something to you know, just to to pay attention to. As no, well. I mean that's that's all. That's the history. I mean, that's just how it is. Like, yes, na- nationwide, they use they they use the lower income communities to build the highways through. They built Central Park on you know what I'm saying a black community. Um, uh, one of Lincoln the things, Center, right? So San Juan uh, Hill, yeah, right. So all of, all of that type of shit happens all the time. And it doesn't just happen to us. It happens in general. Like, even, like, some of the neighborhoods that, like, we, I live in Bed-Stuy. At one point, this mm-hmm. was a white neighborhood. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, it it changes. And then, we, mm-hmm. you know, we'll say, you know, okay, boom, now it's changing again. And then they're trying to make it not black. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you know when they come in, they'll be like, "Well, this was a Dutch neighborhood to begin with, and this the history." Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They they use the history on right. your ass when they want to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yo, you know? you know, I didn't realize like to that point. You know, you always I don't know you you like Florida, like being in New York. You always kind of there's this weird compartmentalization when it comes to like slavery. Sometimes mm-hmm. you could feel like all that slavery shit was down south, right. right? But if you look at all of them street names, so many of them street names in Brooklyn, like in, you know what I'm saying, particularly mm-hmm. like in Brooklyn, a lot of them motherfuckers are slave, those like are slave owners. Right. Like those are, yeah, like, but I, you would never, like I never, you just, you you didn't associate, I didn't associate it until I started reading up when I was like, oh shit, like. All of these motherfuckers. So it goes back to your point about yeah, well, you know, it was Dutch back in the day. Right. But go ahead, I cut you off. <laughs> nah, and, and 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 that's that's how it's just like all right. So this this was a funny thing that I I, I recently found out right that uh, mm-hmm. that that you know I was I was standing standing Buckhead right and mm-hmm. and you know you have these patches of Buckhead that's like you know get a little dicey like what the fuck is going on over here. And then, mm-hmm. you know, when you start looking up the research, doing the research, it was these black communities that were in Buckhead, right? And it's like right mm-hmm. along Far Road where all those clubs at. Mm-hmm. That the whole neighborhood back there was a black neighborhood. Then, mm-hmm. right, you know where Lennox is? Since way back? Yeah. Well, that, well, like, recently. Like, I think that neighborhood ended probably in the, I think they say 92 was like the last of the Mohicans for that neighborhood. Okay. Got it, got it. You got know it, what I mean? Got it, got it. And then there was yeah. an, another one that, you know, it wasn't the land where Lennox sits, but just mm-hmm. behind Lennox, where that mm-hmm. Martyr Station is and all that, they mm-hmm. that was a black neighborhood that they kind of wrapped up to build that Martyr Station. So, mm. and um, the only reason I, I started looking at this, I was driving with my cousin who's a AME preacher, 
You know, shout out Terrence mm-hmm. Evans, you know, man, Rev. Yeah, right. And then um, we passed this church. And I always see this little church. It's like on this street in Buckhead. And it's just mansions, 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 mansions. And then it's this old school church, little white church, like from back in the day. You can tell it's historic. And it's just, it's, you know, it's real clean on the outside. I just thought it was like a little white church that, you know, they, they went to. And then uh, he was like, oh, that's, oh, that's New Hope. AME. I'm like, where? Mm. That's a black church? He's like, yeah, it's a historic black A-M-E. church. Like, they can't do nothing. It's just there. It's like this AME church in the middle of a mansion street. Right, right. <laughs> and and <laughs> so I had to go look it up. I had to, like, what the fuck is going mm-hmm. on? So, you know, it right. turns out that, you know, the slave owner who owned this land, basically from Peachtree all up down West Paces, right mm-hmm. over where the government governor's mansion is and all that. He owned this land and he set aside that land right there for his slaves to have a church and a school. Mm-hmm. And and it and it's been there ever since. And it became an AME situation and they can't do nothing about it. But back to the Linux. So they built Linux and it butted up against this, you know, this community. And mm-hmm. so when I look this community up, and it's 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 wild because, you know, you got two sides of it. You got the people who are like, you know. Yeah, they ran us out. They stole our land, and da da da. da you know, and then you got like people who family is from there. It's like, well, they didn't steal it from us. They we sold it. You know what I'm saying? And we made it out pretty good because they had a activist come in and really negotiate the air rights and all that kind of shit um, for the people who live there. And so when shit be going wild at Lennox, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I be like, it, it's just like Lake Lanier. That's like over top a little town, right. and all all right. kind of wild shit happens at Lake Nanier. I was like, mm-hmm. "Damn, that's the curse of Linux. They they ran them people <laughs> out of their neighborhood. Not a not the niggas won't leave. They keep they right. think they could get rid of them, but they won't. They always come back to the land. And so I, I was like, "Damn, that's what's going on over at Linux." <laughs> that's funny, but so it's haunted. Like Candyman. It's just like, you know, you, you, you know, it's probably certain geography. You know, we so, we so far away from the land now, but it's probably certain geography that, that, you know, attracts us some kind of way. I don't know. I don't know how it go. I just know that along Far Road, where it get hot over there with Linux, all that shit, all of these, like these little black neighborhoods and shit. And, mm. And you know, I know it's people that who grandma lived that that they they know that oh this this our neighborhood for real. But it's just like outsiders like me, I ain't know. Just ride through, okay, this P month far road, but I ain't know all this back here was, you know, black neighborhood. But it ain't no yeah. more. Yeah. It's crazy how soon erasure like how fast erasure can happen. Like not even just in that situation but like you know i'm always looking at twitter right you know i'm always on twitter and then you'll see somebody that's 25 come in and have a crazy take on some hip-hop shit you know Mm -hmm. what i'm saying they'd be like well the whole reason that happened was because this was what put that in perspective and they like they must have heard that shit from somewhere or they had like a limited purview. They don't know the full context because they were 
not alive or they were very <laughs> young. You know what I mean? And fortunately, there are old heads, you know what I mean? They kind of like aggressively be like, yo, you these motherfuckers don't know nothing these days. Like it's always a, <laughs> like, it's always somebody quote tweeting it like, yo, motherfuckers just be tweeting to be tweeting. You don't have to know shit nowadays. And they, you know, unfortunately, sometimes it's a little less aggressive and a little bit more corrective or a little bit more like, well, actually, you know what I mean? This is what happened, blah, 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 blah. But it's so, it it always reminds me of like, I don't know if you used to do this when you were a kid, but like, I remember like when I was a kid, uh, if I said, yo, my whole class was talking about it. Like that meant the whole world basically mm-hmm. you know and it was really who i was exposed to is just those people in this little class it couldn't be no more than at the very most maybe 25 you know what i'm saying 30 people but probably way less than that sometimes and but that little class or everybody in my school if we want to get real macro about it or everybody in my building you know what i'm saying everybody know about that but mm-hmm. it's still very small when you like if you just Zoom out just a little bit, you know what I mean? Like, your sample size is is a sample, but (laughs) it's the universe to you, you know what I mean? And it's like, if you're not exposed to shit, you take it whatever you're exposed to as the end-all, be-all. Like, unless you take the minute to, like, you're not exposed. If you're not exposed, but take the minute to even expose yourself go to the library or go to google or read some shit read a book and find out oh wow like just like you blowing my mind about the whole situation of far road and that used to be black and the new hope ame church over there in the midst of the mansions and you know what i mean all these brooklyn streets named after slave masters like it's crazy but somebody knew that shit. Somebody, you know what I mean? But the mm-hmm. further we got away from it, the nobody's yeah. bringing it up. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it, and it just becomes the history, the most, like your history is pretty much the recent accounts right. that you've paid attention to unless you make it, you know, unless you make it a point to, to do the knowledge, as they say. Right. Yeah. And it, it's funny because like, you know, on the best uh, like message board, Facebook group, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? It's always, every time somebody mentions Von King Park, it's always mm-hmm. this big debate. And you're like, damn, y'all ain't read this on the last thread. But basically, you're like, Von King Park, and everybody assumes that that's a white man's name. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know why they changed it from Tompkins Park, because, you know, da 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 they always trying to, like, and they would be like, well, actually, Von Von King is a black man who was a community leader, and you know what I'm saying. He was a real upstanding member of this community. They're like, oh, right. my bad. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like right. you know, they don't do the knowledge. They're just like, oh, it was Tompkins' part. Then they, then somebody was like, well, you know, Tompkins, he wasn't the most scrupulous person <laughs> in the game either as a white man. So right. I don't know why y'all, you know, riding to make mm-hmm. it back to Tompkins. You know, so it's it's always like that, and, and and you know, you have you hear rumors of people saying you know they want to change the name of Marcus Garvey Boulevard back to Sumner. You know what I'm saying? It's, that's like mm. one of the things you do when when the community changes over, then the names start to change. You know, right? Uh, you know, it's a it's a Malcolm X Elementary School. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. 
in 25, 30 years and the community's all white, they might be like, you know what, let's, let's honor, PS you know 333. A yeah, fallen, yeah. fallen police officer, you know what I'm saying, from right, 81st right. Precinct, you know? Right, 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 <laughs> right, 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 right. Nah, it's crazy. You know what I mean? It's so, wild. Man. Yeah, so it's like gentrification has been happening here in this community. But it's weird because first day of school, right? Doing the drop-offs. And you know everybody at a school with their kids. And these white parents are putting these kids in these neighborhood schools, man. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like that pre-pandemic as much. It was like, you mm. know, the schools were still all the way chocolate. It's like, man, you got a a, a rising minority of... of um, Non-black kids, <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, entering these yeah. schools. So it's going. Yeah. The dynamic of this community is going to change, even if the numbers stay the same. You know what I mean? Even if right. if if the numbers stay the same, where I was still, you know, more, more blacks. You know what I'm saying? The dynamic is still going to change because now people are actually choosing to live together even though sometimes they've been in these houses for 10 years but mm-hmm. they didn't send their kids to school over there across the street you know what i'm saying now right. kids got to go to school that mean their friends is gonna be some people from their school right. which right. you know what i mean which mm-hmm. changed everything because your kids once your kids make friends then now you gotta make friends with some people that you might not have been friends with before <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They make it. They make it real to you. Like, oh shit, we gotta. Yeah, we gotta I want to do a play day. I want to do a play day with little Sammy. Okay, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Then I remember when I went through it. You know what I'm saying? And my kids doing a play date, and it's my turn to kind of actually facilitate. So now I, I'm there with the middle aged mother. You know what I mean? Facilitating the play date, and then we like, okay, what we talking about? You know what I'm saying? And she's like, ooh, you want some wine? <laughs> I'm like, sure. You know what I'm saying? She needed to break the ice. She needed to figure it out. But we ended up being real cool. Like, you know what I'm saying? She ended up being a cool motherfucker. So, yeah. you know, other than that little thing, we wouldn't have never came across each other in that kind of way. I definitely wouldn't have been up in her crib, you know? Right. So, it, it's, it's room for growth if you're paying attention, but... You know, yeah, yeah, and if you respect each other, you know what I'm saying? Because, like, if you, like, if you, because there's a thing about that, like, you know, like, it's very easy to dismiss the contributions of people that you don't respect or you don't really take the time to understand. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, if you just have cursory knowledge of Malcolm X. And you're white, and you you take you sending your white child to Malcolm X. You know what I'm saying? The Malcolm <laughs> X school. It might it might not sound cool when you're telling your parents. Oh yeah, you know, uh, Tommy he goes to Malcolm X Academy. What? You know what I mean? And it's like, well, but, you know, you, you know, so it's a whole thing. That's that's, that's the learning. That's where everybody has to that's, learn. You know what I'm saying? It's the teachable moment if That's, you allow that moment to happen. And, yeah. and, and sometimes you don't allow it. It just hits you upside the head. And, and see, what what people thought was a lot of times in some of these communities, they think that, okay, boom, we're going to come in, push everybody out, and then we're going to be good and comfortable. But, like, what, best I, it's kind of like they came in and, and niggas didn't leave. 
You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so you like, wait, wait, I thought they were going to leave. Nah, we they still here, and now we got to get along. Ten years in, these are your fucking neighbors. <laughs> you know right, what I'm saying? Right. This ain't this just saying that you just passing through no more. You ain't in a flip. You done right. invested and you done gut renovated this mug. You deep into this shit. You yeah. two million dollars in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. You got to ride it out. And so that creates opportunity to actually continue to grow the community without killing off what was there before. And that's what I'm right. seeing here. I'm not sure how it goes. I know some other places it just obliterates the 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 old way and then in usher in the new. You know? Mm-hmm. But sometimes right. when a community actually cares and it has a lot of pride and it has enough homeowners, then there's some staying power because you don't nobody is putting a gun in your head forcing you to sell. You know what I'm saying? They may mm-hmm. create scenarios where it makes it hard for you to stay, like with taxes, but that really in this particular community, that hasn't all the way happened yet where the taxes just gets out of control really fast because New York has some type of little stuff in place for that not to happen. But mm-hmm. they can do that and force you out through your taxes and property taxes and shit. But other than that, they buying you out. And you either choosing to take that money, which in a lot of cases can change your whole life, change your whole experience. The house that you've been living in all your life suddenly can make you a millionaire. Mm -hmm. You start to think about that shit differently. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like this shit been paid for for 15 years. I walk out of here. Not me, but you know what I'm saying? You walk like a lot of the old timers. You walk out of here now. Go to Carolina, $2 million in your bank account. Live like a king. <laughs> Nigga. That's, that's, especially, that's new life. Especially if, yeah, especially if a lot of your peers either took the payout or died off or moved out. Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. just because they, uh, you know, your complexion don't always mean that they familiar. It might just be a bunch of black families that you never got to know. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I mean? They just as foreign as the white family, so you kind of like, well, shit, I ain't even got no squad around here. I might as well take this payout and get it cracked and go down to to Sumter and mm-hmm. buy a couple lots. It's mm-hmm. wild. You know, it's it's wild to see, like, the uh, juxtaposition, right, to that point um, when my grandmother's funeral, we, you know... Uh, the the church is on Quincy Street, so we coming out coming out the church. And on one side of the street is like a you know a group of grieving blacks, and then the <laughs> other side of the street it was a white dude walking down the street with a surfboard in his hand. I said, "Yo, this shit is crazy!" It just but it was it was a neighborhood, right. but it was the funniest shit ever. Like I was like, it threw me. I'm like, oh shit, my man got a full on surfboard, like holding that shit on some Radio Raheem shit. Like it looked like if do the right thing was shot in 2021. It wouldn't mm-hmm. be Radio Raheem. It'd be, you know, Surfboard Sal walking around with a big-ass surfboard. But the shit was wild to me. Like, this is this is the evolution. I you know what I'm saying? And everybody could... Huh? I wonder if that was David. What? You gonna go with David? Da- David. I want, you know, it's cat David Dowd, I know. He lives in this community. Rajni's Oh. And he surfs. Oh, okay. He has surfboard. Oh, okay. Yeah, he yeah, surfs. Yeah. But Could've he usually him. put that bitch on top of the car and roll out. 
I actually yeah, nah, shot him surfing one time. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. that's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah, now he was walking. He was walking down the block with the surfboard. It looked like he was about to get on the train with it. That's yeah. always funny too when you see cats on the train with the surfboard. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I've seen that a few times going out to the Rockaways or whatever. It's just he's just like, oh, that's 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 different. You know what I mean? But <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because it still it feels like culture shock a little bit. Like I don't really know anybody personally. I know a couple people. I guess I know like maybe three people that surf, but they not even. I know people that have surfed. I look like a friend of mine. He said he was nice back in the day, but he don't surf no more. But he was a surfer. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's probably the closest person I know as a, but I don't know anybody that's like an active surfer. I tried to go surfing one time when, um, a long time in, um, a long time, a few years ago, Costa Rica took some surf lessons and shit like that. It's hard when you don't know how to swim, first off. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's pretty much a, it's pretty much a lost cause. But, yeah, uh, that yeah. shit, yeah, that shit is real deal. Like, that that shit is uh you forget about the uh like the weight of the surfboard in itself. Mm-hmm. Like just getting on there, balancing, dealing with them waves, that's that's I that's a whole thing in itself. But just before you even hop on your board, or even after you fall off your board, first of all, when you fall off your board, like one, you're attached to it, you're tethered to it, but when you fall off that shit. You need to make sure you know where that shit is going because <laughs> if you're not paying attention and that shit hit a wave and Blonk. catch you in your eye, it could be over for your sight. Like, that shit is coming with... That shit is heavy. That shit is not a game. Like, it's just shit that I never even imagined to anticipate. Like, mm-hmm. just, the, just the handling of it all. But, um, you know, it's dope when you're good at it. It mm-hmm. looks crazy when you're not. <laughs> you know what I mean? But uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to the surfers. You know what I mean? The bed star surfers. Um shit, man. What else <laughs> is going on, dude? Did you see um did you watch Raising Canaan? I watch it every week. Okay, well, shit, I just want to, you know, I want to make sure. You want to talk about it? You want to talk about anything else before we get into that? Because I know we already a buck 20 in here. Yo, go ahead. So. Go ahead. Set it off, player. Set it off. Right, we'll set, set it, it off. off. Oh, man. It was a good episode. It was a good episode. Another good episode. I feel yeah. like, I mean, I don't know how many episodes we in, but their percentage has been great. Like, if they all been good to me, I mean, some have just been maybe, like, last week was a great episode, too, but it was more of a setup episode. Mm-hmm. Like this, this has some payoff on it. Um, where do we start? I mean, there's a couple things. Let me just get my recount on. I'm curious to see what the uh, the fate of Lulu is. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not sure if he's gone because when I looked at the trailer, it looked like uh, Raquel, Rocky, and um. Marvin were at like a funeral home talking. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It looked, it just felt like that kind of had that, but I could be assuming it just looked like from the backdrop a little bit that I saw it like they might have right. been in a funeral home. But even prior to everything that happened to him towards the end, it looked like, you know, it's interesting how they, they, um, they present these stories. Like, 
Um, you know, we were talking last week about Marvin, right? And how mm-hmm. he's perceived and how he's set up and whatever, whatever. And like Lulu was kind of looked at as like the good soldier, the one that you could count on, blah, blah, blah. Like Rocky got a lot of faith in Lou. You know what I mean? Like that's her, that's mm-hmm. her ace. You know what I'm saying? You know, and she got full confidence in him. But then on the opposite side, when you see Famous's sister, what's Famous's sister's name? Jessica or Jennifer? I forget. Old girl. (laughs) Um, Famous's sister, Lulu's, I forget her name, but um, she looking at him like she getting slick with him. Like she saw a different side of him kind of from the door. You know what I mean? Like, at first, she was kind of impressed with him. You know what I mean? Because he saved her life. Yo, no no man has ever done that for me before. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Typically, when the guns start blasting, it's everyone for themselves. And you know what I mean? Well, uh, you know, that's how, you know, whatever. But um, he, he you know, he had a on some night and shining armor shit. I like a man that could throw a punch. She liked <laughs> the excitement of it all. Mm-hmm. But then on the other side... He don't really, I don't think he, uh, maybe he doesn't have the vision that she has as far as things outside the game. Hold on for outside of things as far as the game. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, he might have aspirations, but it's kind of curbed them for, or they laid dormant for a long time Mm -hmm. until she kind of came around and, you know what I mean? She kind of came around and he also, you know, started peeping, uh, what's my man, Crown? Mm-hmm. I think it's Crown, right? Yeah. Started peeping a few things. But I think, you know, her saying, yo, yo, I think you could do this. When she, you know, he got some money. You know what I'm saying? He has knowledge and know-how of it on the practical level. Mm-hmm. But as far as where it can go, you know what I mean? This is also still like the 90s too. So this is like still on the precipice of people starting to really make money in hip hop. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like in the early nineties, you listen to songs like crossover EPMD was talking about getting a job. <laughs> you know what I mean? They wasn't trying to cross over. They was thinking about retiring and figuring it out. Eric Sermon went and opened up a rim shop in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But like, it wasn't, it was like, this was before like Puff and Mogul success, like 97, 96, the Bling era, Master P, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Luke, mm-hmm. but I mean, with cash money, like really like cash money, P, like when you started hearing 33 million and all of that other type of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously there was Russell, who's from Queens, but it just felt like he might be a little short-sighted and she'll poke at him with that shit. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, on this most recent one, she was, like, kind of to the fact, like, you ain't shit. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, which was super loose. But um, she's so uh, obsessed with getting famous to blow and, I guess, establishing herself as a force in the game, at least as a manager. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, she's she's so possessed with that whole thing that anybody that's in her way is in her way. You know what right. I'm saying? Or anybody that don't really ain't down with the program is an obstacle. So right. that was kind of interesting just to see how he was going to rebound with that whole interaction in the first place. And then later on, all of the other shit that happens, right. you know, now he got even more shit going on. What's right. your thoughts on that? Well, 
see, the thing is with that is she basically already told him that shit. You know what I'm saying? Straight up. When he when he caught in, uh, you know, doing business with, with um, Crown. Crown behind, you know, after he told her this shit was, you know, he came here to do one thing. She ended up doing a whole another. So mm-hmm. she already let him know that her ambitions are going to outweigh their relationship, period. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But, again, the drug of it all is that he is a talented person at what he does. You know what I'm saying? And and he has a, a certain amount of, of, of knowledge that helps him move along in a way that's like, you know, you could actually do a whole lot of things in this world. But he never hears it. You know what I'm saying? So once she told him that he could do some things, that felt good to him. You know what I'm saying? That felt real good. Mm-hmm. Even when when um when Unique told him some good shit, that felt good to him. His love language is probably uh, you know what I'm saying, words of uh Words of uh, whatever affirmation. Words of affirmation is probably his love language or whatever. And (laughs) her name is Jessica. It's Jessica. So now he's in a situation where he probably likes her. You know, obviously he likes her because after she talked slick the first time, he just let it Mm -hmm. ride. You know what I mean? And then because the pay the payback of it all was that you know he got the words of affirmation, but now. Well, he trying to relax and just take his mind off of shit. He got a sister on his ass. He at war. He ain't trying to, you know what I mean? He just trying to fucking have sex, I guess. You know what I'm saying? And she want to mm-hmm. talk business. And then because he don't want to talk business, now all of a sudden he's like sadaisical. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so mm-hmm. he like thinking one thing has nothing to do with the other. For real, for real. I'm just trying to, what do you say? I'm just trying to knock some boots. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I want to talk about that shit right now. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. she's trying to get to a place. He's at a right. place. He already got bread. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. So he's and he got a name. He, he's operating from a different perspective. She's going gung-ho because she's trying to get to a place. Now, right. what he's starting to see is that it's not about him. It's not about his talent, his skills. It's about what she's trying to get to. And he feels right. undervalued and... He don't want to just be looked at as the money nigga. As most right. people with money don't. They get to a point where they want to be seen like nigga. You know what I'm saying? I ain't get mm-hmm. this money just because it just fell in my lap. I, you know what I'm saying? Appreciate me for the, the work that I put in and being able to have mm-hmm. enough sense to build some shit. You know? And that's what, what people like to skip over because when the money's involved, then... They could go shit. Let's 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 do what money do. Spend right. So ain't that crazy? That <laughs> broke people and people with money could feel unseen. That is so crazy because you know people with no money think that so much of their personhood will be clearly defined when they get some money. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, you could have all the money in the world and just be looked at as the bank. Right, and that is your personality. Right, the, you know what I mean, the bank, and that don't uh, that don't feel good. That don't feel no. good. You know what I'm saying? So people try to create some meaning with that. You know what I mean? It's like again that same family what I was talking about. They rich. They got all the things. They can't. You know what I mean? It's they got all the things. You know what I'm saying? They got in refrigerators my whole net worth. You know what I'm saying? At that time, so it's like they're not. Thinking about the things, what they're trying to create now is some type of meaning. 
So it's not all about these things. It's about, hey, let's do these certain things and let's put these things in place that mean something to everybody. So I think that's where Lou is. And I don't think Lou is dead. I mean, you know, I like to do a lot of that uh, deep dive reconnaissance, like from the Game of Thrones, we got all the fan theories and shit. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they have a is a is a um they I'm not sure if it's IMDB, but there's a write up of 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 a character that's coming in next season that's signed to lose and crowns label. You know what I'm saying? Because oh, I, I I thought it was weird. Like, hey, y'all gonna go through all this? Him signing the contract over to the company, giving him percentage, and then he dead the same episode. Like, I don't seem right, like you right, wouldn't right. even go through all that for a dead man. So yeah. He gonna make yeah, it out and like it'll 50. only make him stronger. It only make him stronger to go through all of that shit. You know what I mean? Survive it. Right. Now you a bad motherfucker. You know what right. I'm saying? Yeah, survival records. <laughs> yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh shit! So yeah, you went all the way. No, nah, yeah, no. Nah, so ahead. so that that you know that's that with that. And then um, uh-huh. what else happened in that shit? Oh, Kanan. You know, after he done killed everybody. Now he know he uh-huh. gonna kill everybody and the, and the girl. Uh-huh. You know, I think yeah. this is what you were looking for when you said what what changed jukebox into what she gonna be. I think we're about to see that now. We'll see. She, I hope so. Because yeah, you got go that pain. She got that pain, and then you got when when she she was in the house and the police came and got her. You mm-hmm. got the detective. That called them and told them to let her loose, which mm-hmm. is probably that lady detective. Yeah, yes, yeah. working her. You know what I'm saying? Like you could come talk right. to me about anything. Da 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 da. Right. That's probably how right. Jukebox end up becoming a mad ass, crooked ass police. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. So yeah. we're probably about to start to see that start to build itself. So uh-huh. you know, again, she went out all in on. The, she's the most emotional character on the show. You know what I'm uh-huh. saying? So she had to put it all on the table this week. You know what I'm saying? With tears and the emotion. So And the loitering in the house. The loitering. <laughs> she was, I mean, damn, Juke, take the tape, get the fuck out of there. She was <laughs> in that bitch sitting shiver. You know what I mean? Right. I don't know what she was doing in that motherfucker for all that time. Like, come on, shorty, let's get to moving. Right, um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, but she was in her space. You know, she was grieving, and yeah, she had no yeah. other. She probably it would be no other time for her to do that. You know, right? So, she, um, she just yeah, no. she's a beast. I, I like. You know, it's funny, man. Uh, some people don't like the jukebox scenes or the storyline. They feel like it gets in the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I like it because she's a hell of an actress. She be getting mm-hmm. that shit off. Wow. Uh, I tell you one thing I did like speaking of Kane and you know being revealed that he's the killer of all of this shit <laughs> when uh, Rocky slapped the shit out of him. Uh-huh. Yo, I might have rewound that shit about four or five times. I was like, <laughs> it's about time. Like, I was, I was in that shit like yo, and I felt that shit like the frustration. It's like when uh, Tariq got it a little bit. Right, like you kind of like yo, you become fed up. Like I think, right, I think she played that. She played that that scene so good, Patina Miller, when she's like, you know, first of all, the full name, Kanan, middle name, you know what I mean, Stark, Elijah Stark. Yeah, get downstairs now. Pacing, getting a pace on. Shout out to young Muhammad. 
getting a pace on in the in the um in the living room trying to process these thoughts like this this mother like I don't you know what I mean at the at the tip like this the frustration is boiling over like you beyond the last nerve I done told your ass and then now you get into the point to where you know you're not a kid no more you about to be an adult but you're still under my house you're still the shit that you're doing is still causing real deal ramifications mm. this ain't you just getting suspended from school motherfuckers is dying like I gotta, I, I gotta figure this out. And then for him to like buck up, like you the reason. She was like, ha ha, Hadouken, tore that nigga's head off. I rewound that shit about four times, like just to see the form in that shit. Like it was a good, it was a good form. It was crazy, and I was then. Then she hit him with the the Ronald Isley R Kelly while he on the floor. Had to let him know, nigga, and I'm the one that killed D. West. I did that shit so they wouldn't kill you, you stupid motherfucker. I'm trying to explain. Like, yo, man, that shit was a hell of a moment, man. That was that was a good scene, dog. That was a good scene. And I hope, I hope that the shit landed. But I wouldn't be surprised if that hard-headed motherfucker go right back out in the streets and not give a fuck. Because he was he was he feeling good off his little Van Wick win. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He said, I had the Van Wick cracking. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to get me mons. I need my props still. Right. But I also see, I also see the whole now it's starting to look not as it's not, it's still a bit of a stretch, but we're starting to lay the, the groundwork to. Uh, Detective Howard and Kanan mm-hmm. building a relationship. He might get his platelets. You know what I'm saying? Like, it started <laughs> to seem like it could happen. You know what I mean? But we'll see what's what. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, the platelets might be a go. Uh, platelets are in play. Uh, what else does there do? Um, uh, what else? Marvin yeah. wrecked another Benz. Yeah, man. On the damn near the same block. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not the same nah, block, the but same damn near block. the same way. Same yeah, crew, same though. Way, same pulling up on some, Same crew, pulling up on gunfire, wrecking another Benz. I know whoever his fucking insurance person, that premium got to be stupid. <laughs> that shit got to be. He must not be insured. Yeah, but, that, uh, yeah you know, them, them cars, you know, they're, they're older, so they probably got them, you know, and got them for the cheap and put a put a paint on it and kept it moving. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 they yeah, bought yeah, it to yeah, wreck. Sure. You know what I'm saying? They they spending millions of dollars. So, you know, $10,000, right. two $10,000 cars. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as it got a Benz logo on it, we fine. Ain't no right. bullet holes in the windshield. Right. We could do this. No doubt. Um, yeah, man, that was a... That was a hell of a scene, dog. Because I didn't know at first when I saw the trailer, I thought they was going to shoot up on Rocky's house. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that was the Lulu situation. I, You know what I mean? And it's, I think this might be the first time that we really even seen how Lulu was living. Right. Like, I thought he lived in an apartment somewhere for whatever. I didn't realize he had a whole little crib, like a whole, you know, upstairs, downstairs situation. Mm-hmm. But, um... Yeah, that shit was... That shit was something, man. We going we gonna to send him... We're not, we're going to send a message. You know what I mean? Unique was a little hype this episode. You know what I'm saying? I know you yeah. be saying he little, little lax or yeah, little, you know, you know, a little, little subdued relax. for, for nineties. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. He brought that, he brought a little, little oomph to it. You know what I'm saying? A little rage to it. 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, I still, I'm starting to think that that character is a little overplayed. You know what I'm saying? He could, mm-hmm. he could bring it down, like he, you know, not not in subdued, but he could. Mm-hmm. He's using broad strokes to to create little communication. When he could, he could bring bring it down and use less motions to communicate the same thing. Uh, but yeah. that's just me on the sidelines. Just, but I, I enjoy what he's doing. I just think right. the character is a, a little overplayed and um, mm-hmm. not as in pocket as everybody else. You know what I'm saying? Every time we get to him, it's always, yeah, yeah, you know, like he talking riddles. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nigga talking riddles and, and, and you know, he's overcomplicating a simple conversation sometimes. But, mm-hmm. again, that don't take away from the you know the show and, you know, on the whole. That's just a little... I guess as mm. as the, as his character grows, he probably settle into it a little more. I wouldn't see his man Warrell um, turning on him because uh, Unique do have a case of the barks. He'd be wow. barking on his little squad like 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 he don't even like. It was a funny line though, but he was like Warrell was about to say. He said. Uh, you know well, what I heard? He said, "Nigga, you heard what I said." <laughs> I was like, "Damn!" Yeah. <laughs> he shut that nigga down so crazy. It's the second time because Warrell got you know he he was in the midst. He got sprayed on mm-hmm. by Lou. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And then uh, he's like, "No, no, no! Don't take your revenge just yet, brother." You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And then he getting balked on. It's like we gonna see like unique kind of. I don't really, you don't see a whole lot, and I don't need to see compassion, but you don't see a lot of respect. Obviously, it's there, but I haven't seen it, like, illustrated. There's obviously some type of respect, or at least loyalty, or maybe it's just the paper, or whatever, they respect them on some hand. But you don't see it going both ways. You don't see a whole lot of... Like uh, team building. Hey you know man, what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't a lot of times it wasn't like that. You know, it wasn't a whole lot of team uh, building. Hey. I know, especially yeah, dig it, but. when that shit start moving really fast. Like niggas go from broke to rich in months. You know what I'm saying? So right. it don't nigga don't have a chance to mature. You got that same 21 year old nigga that he was broke. Now he rich. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Now he got yeah. squad. They yeah. got guns. Violence mm-hmm. is is the law. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, if you, he's the most violent, you can't whoop his ass. Nigga, you, he getting money with him, and then everybody willing to dump for him. What you going to mm-hmm. do? You going to take that barking, and you know what I'm saying? You either going to continue on, or you going to step away, risking that the whole squad going to come against you. So... Right, a lot, right. a lot of times, and then especially like, first time I came to New York, I seen mm-hmm. a lot of that barking type of uh, dope dealing. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. like just straight up barking out the whole crew. Like my, like I had never really seen that in Miami. Right, but like up mm-hmm. here it was you know you know New York like they 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 got a lot to say, and you know what mm-hmm. I mean, and you, you got to say it loud so everybody can hear you in this noisy city. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. so you know what I'm saying? I saw a lot of that up here, but even mm-hmm. in in even down there, it was still that type of environment. If if you was a subordinate and you know what I'm saying, you weren't part of the money play. You was just a worker. You willing to get yeah. talked to like a worker? You know what I mean? Yeah. And then you take yeah, it out on I, the fiends. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Hurt people, hurt people. Right. No, I dig it. 
I dig it, but it just feel like I feel like Worrell is a little higher than like just a corner boy. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, like, it don't gotta be a whole lot of stuff. I ain't never seen them niggas pop no champagne, like, you know what I'm saying? Eat a meal or nothing. Nigga. Like, just a little, just a little something to see that there's some type of allegiance there. I mean, or even just a quick. Like, before it turns right into business, like, when they... What are they talking about in the atelier? Like, who's the funny nigga? Like, there ain't nobody mm-hmm. just talking shit. Like, there ain't no little... Like, how you said on Snowfall, mm-hmm. there's no little barbershop moment where you could kind of see a slice of the life. Like, I feel like they could they could build a little bit more of Unique's world out. Just mm-hmm. a little bit. And maybe mm-hmm. that'll happen next, next situation. Um, Juliana... You know, she got she got homie about the way. That was mm-hmm. a that now and then we gonna see how that whole shit plays out. That's gonna be a little ambiguous because um you know her people, you know what I mean, um the Colombians is kinda like, yo, we peeped you with Detective Howard. What's the situation? You know what I'm saying? And she kind of played it like, you know, I got him in the pocket, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it goes a little deeper than what we thought. And, oh, and then one little side note. I never heard this term before, but I got it immediately, but it was slick. She was like, yeah, DEFCON was left-handed. <laughs> I never heard no <laughs> shit like that before, but that shit was slick. But I was like, oh, mm-hmm. wow. That says a whole lot about, like, just that little, that little wrinkle kind of, you know, fleshed a lot of shit out too and kind of puts a lot of shit in perspective you know with Howard with uh, Rocky with Defcon with Kane and all of that shit was pretty interesting mm-hmm. but obviously their um, relationship is deeper than just a cop in the pocket so I'm curious you know what I'm saying now that you know good thing that she know that she's being surveilled by these cats that she might be getting getting work off her that she's gotta she gotta play that you know what I mean? Kind of at arm's length, which is going to be hard because Howard is coming through aggressive. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? You know, so that's going to be interesting. What's your thoughts on that? Anything? Um, you know, Rock is ghost. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. She will find a slick ass mm-hmm. way. You know what I'm saying to explain any situation. So mm-hmm. I'm sure she now that she knows that they own her, she got a build out. What is this relationship with Howard? And I guess, you know what I'm saying, she's going to set it into play. And mm-hmm. like you say, it might help him get his platelets up, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but whatever she's doing, she's setting it up a misdirection, you know, to where right. Right. from the outside it's going to look like this. And then whatever agreement with Howard is, they'll figure that shit out. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, you know. Do this shit, figure it out later. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. Uh, that's you know, that's probably you know mm-hmm. they gonna figure it out. Rock mm-hmm. ain't gonna never. She ain't gonna take no L. She's ghost. <laughs> right, 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 right. Well, what you saying? That I will say this. She definitely is ghost. But I, I think what I do appreciate about part three, book three, is so far. I mean, there's a few moments. It hasn't gotten so ridiculously unbelievable like some of these other power books have gotten. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like it, they got some moments, but like if we go back to what Ghost was doing or some of even some of the shit that Tariq was pulling off in book two, 
his shirt was just a little bit beyond the, the imagination. Like, it was just beyond the realm of suspended belief. But, you know, hopefully they keep it a little bit closer to the vest. Mm-hmm. I'll say this last thing. Um, so I'm not sure if we said this here before or we talked about it. But, uh, and obviously it's testament to the fact that I like the show again. But, yo, I really fuck with that theme song, man. <laughs> I fuck with that <laughs> shit. That shit hard. I can't even lie. That shit is tough. That little flip of the little Kenny Burke. That shit oh, hard, God. man. That's a, you know, that's a classic record that keep rising to the top. Right, right, that's a, right. That's a block party classic. I didn't realize as I looked up Kenny Burke because I was like, you know, I knew from, from that, but when I, I didn't peep that, he used to be part, he's from Chicago. I thought he might have been from New York because that was such a, like, you used to hear so much in New York. I thought he was like a New York cat. Mm-hmm. But um, he's from Chicago, but he's part of the five stair steps. You know, the niggas that did, ooh, child, which is my shit too. So mm-hmm. he got a he got two under his belt. Shout out mm-hmm. to Kenny Burke, man. Yeah, man, yeah he's still um, alive too. Like that song, I was introduced to that song through mm-hmm. the Dougie Fresh song. Yeah, Keep, keep Rising, rising to, to the Top. top. That, I, I, I never heard that song or that sample before then. When I, okay. you know what I'm saying, came to New York in 92 on the intern, then, you know, you know what was the, what was the club? Bentley's, was it Bentley's? Bentley's, yeah. Yeah. So up in there, they played the original. I'm like, oh, shit, this shit is, you know what I'm saying? Uh, right. A New York hit. Staple. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm like, oh, shit, I thought it was just a Dougie Fresh song, you know? And so, mm-hmm. but I could see where he got it, you know what I mean? I could see why he used it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 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 That was my yeah, shit, Dougie Fresh. Dougie Fresh was one of my favorite rappers at, at that time. Dougie Fresh got records. Yeah. Dougie Fresh got records. And Dougie Fresh, Dougie Fresh is like the uh, the Dick Clark of hip-hop. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, he stay, because he stay looking young still. Right. Dougie right. Fresh might be damn near 60 years old. Right. You know what I'm saying? But Dougie and Fresh like, was the first one to put his diet on the record. Like, to that I heard, he's like, don't eat meat, mm. just fish fillet, just keep new rounds on layaway. You know what I'm saying? Like mm. he he always been he ain't eat meat. I guess him and uh Kara's one. You know what I mean? Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. Early, early against that shit. Yeah, and rumor has it, um, Dougie Fresh might own like a full block in Harlem. Yeah, he do. He, the, you know, he, yeah. At least about four or five houses. I've been over. I've been there, right across okay. from the right across from the projects. He had them for a long time, from what I understand. And, um, mm-hmm. like, you know, when he was in the 80s and 90s, he was just buying them up when them shits was nothing. Like a dollar. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And yeah, so yeah. he's buying them up. And now he got them, and they all lined up together. So That shit is beautiful. Nah, that it, shit is beautiful. Because his office yeah. is in one of them. Like, you no, know, that's where they run their operations. So Yeah, I remember they used to have the chicken and waffle spot over there, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, over by that shit. And then, you know, he was also like, um, you know, I don't know if he gets the credit for it, but he, you know, he kind of, he was like the concert whisperer for a lot of rap cats. Like, you know, Kane says it straight up. He said he was performing and then Dougie Fresh came up to him and Kane does a real good Dougie Fresh impression, which is hilarious because mm-hmm. it's so it's so specific, you know what I mean? Yo, you know an uh, uh, impression is good, and then you realize, I ain't never really heard nobody do this shit but the person, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, who they impersonate. Like, you're like, wow, that shit, this is, this is a good one. But um, 
he was like, he was the one that kind of put him on to like watching. He said, you can't tell him to come to the crib. He put on like Earth, Wind & Fire and Barry White, you know, concert footage and shit like that. And was like, you know, James Brown, he was like, you know, you might want to incorporate some of this, kind of like expand beyond just, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The mic and the turntables, build a show. And he challenged him to do that. And he was like, yo, that kind of, that got me, you know, got me to that next level. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, man. Salute to Dougie Fresh, man. Salute to Kenny Burke. Um, damn, was one last thing. Oh, two things. Two things. Um, by the time y'all hear this, should it be over. But, you know, tonight, Ja Rule, Fat Joe versus. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Not sure if you was you going to watch it or not. Yeah. It's actually um, on now. It started when ooh. we started. So why it start so early? Oh no, no. Actually, actually, I'm lying. I'm lying. It's it's six uh, Pacific. It's nine. Eastern. Oh okay. Yeah, oh okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. I was bad. about to say kind of. Right. Oh okay. I'm yeah, like my ah. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> bad. 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 <laughs> Shit. Now they know what time we record. No, I'm fucking yeah. with you. Um. <laughs> nah. But anyway, yo. What's your what's your prediction? Well. I think I think it's built in structure to help Jairo get back on his feet. I think, okay. I think it's a it's a it's a platform for people to remember, you know what I'm saying, the the hit making prowess of Jairo. Um, you know, Fat Joe is gonna give a great show. He's gonna put on, you know what I'm saying? He he got songs, he got hits that could stand next to him, but I think the behind the the behind the scenes look is, all right, this might be good for Ja Rule's whole look. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't think nobody really was jumping to give him a versus. You know what I'm saying? Then Fat Joe, I'll do anybody. You know what I'm saying? And they needed somebody like that. Um, but it always, every versus, you know, the catalogs get a lot of burn. So maybe, and then, you know, a lot of those, those artists start going on tour sometimes together, you know, just like Dipset and Locks planning to go out. So mm-hmm. I think it might be a, a situation where, all right, maybe this will get Ja Rule back on his, you know what I'm saying, on his feet and, you know what I mean, get him back working how he need to be working. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, mm-hmm. I think Ja Rule got more hits. I think Fat Joe uh, uh, put on a better show. And mm-hmm. I think it's going to be entertaining for us all. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be a lot of 50 cent commentary. It's going to be a lot of, it's going to be a lot of action. So. Oh, you think it's going to be some 50 cent commentary? You think he's going to be in the comments? Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't see why he wouldn't be. Has 50 been in the comments? Um, I don't know. But I don't see why he know, wouldn't be. <laughs> well, I know that they he said might they be approached in the building. 50. Fuck around. Go ahead, what you say? A lot. You never know. Well, I know they approached 50. You know, it's funny because 50 could have went against either one of them because he had beef with both of them. Mm-hmm. Still got beef with Ja Rule, but supposedly 50 never responded to any of the, you know what I mean? And he, I, to your point of this whole rebuild Ja Rule situation, 50 was definitely not going to be participating in anything that mm-hmm. could bring mm-hmm. Ja Rule back to life. Mm-hmm. He's not part of no parts of that. Nah. Uh, I, I kind of see that. I, I kind of... Well, I see the benefit, not the benefit, but I do see that part of it. I think that's um, a byproduct of it. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, Ja Rule hopefully could kind of get recasted as the hit maker that he is. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Because I think he kind of took a lot of blows to his 
artistic credibility between, you know, all of the 50 shit and then later on that whole fire fest bullshit and whatever, whatever. And then kind of, you know, that whole, you know, that sing rap shit kind of got ridiculed and then fucking five years later, Drake just takes off with it. <laughs> but Fat Joe ain't no tomato can. You know what I'm saying? Fat Joe got a career that goes back from 93. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's going to be in New York again, at the Garden again. I know that Ja Rule's, you know, Ja Rule said his shit talk was like, you're going to have to perform all of that shit. He was like, I'm going to make you sweat your Versace out. Like, Ja Rule is a performer. Many people might forget. He pro- he can perform. He had these big, he got big fucking hits. Mm-hmm. He has big fucking hits. Fat Joe got a deep catalog too. He got a few big hits, mm-hmm. but then he got some deep cultural moments, similar like how you know Locks and 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 um, Dipset. Dipset had the bigger hits. Well, not even, but they at least at first thought it felt like Dipset had the bigger hits, and then. You know, fucking Locks got such a deep catalog, and they they made records with so many people. Mm-hmm. I think, like I always say, these verses shit they always remind you of shit that you forgot. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of Fat Joe records that I already know that are hits, and I know, and the fact that he's been around since the DITC crew '93, like he got joints, and it depends on what the crowd is like, cause. I wouldn't mind hearing some shit off of fucking, you know, Jealous One's Envy. You know what I mean? Like some hard body shit. I don't know if either one of them are going to bring people out. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Because that could go either way. Fat Joe got a million features with a bunch of people. Ja Rule got a nice amount of features. It go either way. To your point, it's going to be a good night, hopefully, for all. I, don't, I mean, Fat Joe is also a funny motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Ja Rule seems to be funny too, but again, he's been so maligned. Like, this is a built back Ja Rule situation. <laughs> now right. it is. You know right. what I mean? Like, people have kind of, you know, what does Ja Rule think at a time like this? You know right. what I mean? That kind of bodied him a little bit too. Right. So, yeah. um, yeah. yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, I think, you know, it's, it's Ja Rule's Joper moment. You know what I'm saying? Mm. <laughs> you know how Oprah brings somebody out, you know what I'm saying? Make sure that they position right. right. For the world right. to consume. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. It would take somebody like Fat Joe that can host this and kind of, you know, be gracious enough to let that man get some shine as well as body him, you know, attempt to body him. You know what I'm saying? Right. In, a, in right. A, all is fair, but, you know what I'm saying, casual kind of way. Yeah. I think they both got something to prove, though. Like, you know, Ja Rule is, like, again, like, Ja Rule is billboard proven. You know what I'm saying? All of that. But then he went through a whole lot. So this is kind of a reconstruction. I think Fat Joe is kind of, I don't want to say perennially slept on, but I don't think he gets all of the flowers. Like, you know what I mean? Kind of in a Jada situation, but in a different capacity. Like, he is, he's the the hip-hop zealot. Like, he's been in damn near every, you know, he's everything hip-hop story from like early 90s on he's Mm -hmm. that motherfucker that was there but might not have been as shiny as everybody else Mm -hmm. but you know what i mean so it's gonna be interesting because you know it's it's i think it's a good opportunity for both of them to get theirs and we're gonna see how competitive it gets i know fat joe's competitive i'm pretty sure ja rule's competitive so it's gonna it's gonna be interesting it's gonna be interesting to say the least 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But um, yeah, I'm check that shit out. And um, lastly, uh, I just want to uh, say rest in peace to Dr. Diane Plummer. She was my um, one of my psychology professors. She was the dean of the psychology department at Clark Atlanta University. She passed recently. She's a hell of a professor, like really, like really engaging, good professor, taught well, didn't take a whole lot of shit, challenged, she challenged me, you know what I mean? It's one of those professors that like invested in me and like was like, try to, you know, encourage me to, to go above and beyond, you know what I mean? Like, no, I know you could do better, like that type of person where you wouldn't get discouraged and be like, man, whatever. And he was like, I bet. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I really appreciate that. She put me in cool programs. I got to do this Candix McNair program at Notre Dame because of her. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, like, after I graduated, she would hit me periodically on Facebook or whatever. Like, yo, when you coming back down to speak to the people or whatever. And I never, and I felt bad because I never really did. Like, I would, you know, I just... <laughs> I don't know, I just, I never got to it, you know what I'm saying? And I kind of regret that missed opportunity, but, you know, beyond that, like, you know, it was obviously it was all love, and, you know, I, you know, she's, she was, she has a hell of a legacy over there, so salute, rest in peace, Dr. Diane Plummer, Clark Atlanta University. Burn up. Yeah. Anyway, um... I don't want to keep being the death guy. So I'm just keeping that. No, I keep that. And one of my group texts, my group text, one of my homies was like, yeah, no, we talk about death a lot and this shit. I'm like, ah, damn, I think it might be me. You know what I mean? But, uh, you know, I think, you know, I got to salute the people. But, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to, you know, we still living. We still out here. Life is for the living. Everybody that's alive listening to us, thank you for taking the time. You know what I mean? Thank you for... Um, for being with us and you know what I mean while you got breath in your body make the most of it you know mm-hmm. what I mean and uh, until then tell a friend to tell a friend and even the enemy to get in the conversation we out we out